This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by CoreLogic. From hazard and structure risk solutions to end-to-end claims and restoration job management software, CoreLogic and NextGear provide all the tools carriers and contractors need to exceed customer expectations through the entire supply chain. To learn more, visit corelogic.com restoration. Hey, Restorers, thanks for checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I am very excited to be joined by a fellow woman in restoration. I am joined by Danessa Itaya. She is the president of Bio One, and she recently wrote an article for CNR that's going to be in the September-October issue talking about biohazard cleanup and... Um, some elements that are often missed by companies is you're they're going in and you're worried about getting all of the biohazard materials cleaned up, but kind of forgetting a very important aspect of the job as well. So Danessa is here to talk about that. Um, she has an amazing resume. She all she's been entrepreneurs, one of their top. Um, influential women in franchising. She's ran a bunch of different franchises. She really knows her stuff. So, Danessa, thank you very much for being here. I'm going to toss it over to you to have you kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, no, most people don't get into, they don't think, hey, I'm going to get into restoration. I'm going to get into biohazard cleaning. That's never on career days, you know, at, yeah. at school. And um, But it's really interesting how it how it all kind of falls together. Uh, my background has been in franchising, you know, my whole career. It's what I love doing. I love helping put people into business, um, helping create business models, helping build teams. Um, it's it's kind of my passion, and franchising is one of those vehicles that allows you to do it. Whether you're in biohazard cleanup or whether you're in residential cleaning or in property management, and um, it kind of allows for uh, you to be able to do that. But really for me, I, I've grown up in franchising. I've kind of had the opportunity to wear a number of different hats uh, in, in this industry, um, everything from accounting to operations to training and helping new businesses get off the ground and, and helping them, whether it's marketing, operations. Amazingly, there's a lot of similarities in small business ownership. And so yes. it's been fun. So talk a little bit about Bio One for people who aren't maybe familiar with the brand. Yes. So we are a crime scene trauma cleaning company. So we're the folks who uh, hopefully most people don't ever have to make the phone call. Um, But if you do, you want to reach out to a company that one knows what they're doing. Um, We take care of the crime scene, the we come in after the first responders have been there. We come in after uh, the police have been there um, and, and, the, and the body has been removed. Um, so we come in and we work very closely with the homeowner. We work closely with first responders, with victim advocate groups uh, to help get those people back into their home so that they can manage the things that they need to. Um, we also do the other cleanings that, you know, require a little bit more detail, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, kind of along the biohazard line. I mean, everything from drug remediation to uh, tear, ga- tear gas cleanup to homeless encampments uh, to hoarding cleans. Um, so it is, it's, it's, a, it's a unique industry in the sense that um, it's the physical aspect of cleaning um, but then also the level of empathy that goes into the cleaning and the process and working with customers in just a really tough time in their lives. 
So how do you choose and kind of vet your potential franchisees? Because this is a different realm than like drying, drying a structure, right? Or doing some fire damage restoration. This is a completely different ball game and what you need to be able to handle and even a different skill set, all of that. So right. what kind of process do you go through to determine who's a good franchisee for Bio One and who's maybe not a good fit? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And it's really interesting because people always ask, you know, what's what's the demographic of a really great Bio One franchisee? And let me just tell you, it, um, we are just, um, we have our top achievers uh, contest going on. And um, one of my top, my top uh, growers is, um, is a woman who her background, she was a stay at home mom. And that was her wow. background. Um, I have another who is just killing it. Well, we're not supposed to use that term in this industry, but who's doing great, <laughs> growing yeah. phenomenally. Uh, and uh, he's a retired police chief. So with that, you know, we kind of get, we, we get all walks of life. We get lots of um, different backgrounds, but you know, what makes sense and, and what we see a lot of our first or our former first responders or existing first responders, they recognize it. They they see the need. They they've been there firsthand. Um, they recognize that one there's a huge opportunity, um, very niche market, uh, but you know there's there's a need and and being able to handle that with compassion, being able to handle that with discretion, um, is a big component. And that's that's something that they've seen. And people say. I don't know if I have the stomach for it. And that's true. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to recognize that. But on the flip side, we have several folks who we have businesses that they're not the local boots on the ground. They run it more as an executive model and they'll have multiple businesses, whether it's in the same state or whether it's cross country. Uh, and they manage it from, from more of a 5,000 foot level. You know, they're, they're still the visionary. They're the one, you know, making sure that, um, you know, tracking the KPIs and motivating the teams uh, who are boots on the ground. Yeah. So I know um, it happens a lot in restoration where there might be multiple companies that show up on a job site. And there are certain things that certainly set companies apart, especially, I think, in this realm of biohazard and trauma scene cleanup um you know especially if somebody's passed away in the home and it's been traumatic there's such a big difference between how companies can present themselves when they arrive at the job and who's successful at getting this done and who's not so i'm kind of like leaning into your article you can tell a little bit but what would you say are some of the key differentiators between the companies that are good at doing this and the companies that might struggle a little bit yeah um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, with biohazard cleanup, you know, people kind of, uh, kind of like residential cleaning, the barrier to entry is very low. Um, however, uh, I think people underestimate the, the, the importance or the, the actual science behind actually doing a bio cleanup. Uh, there's a lot more to it than just coming in with a mop and, and, yeah. you know, some rags and, and some disinfectant. Uh, so, and, and we know that because <laughs> we get the phone calls after who say, Hey, we had a company come in and clean and now we really need a, a, a deep clean. So there are two components to it. One is making sure that they're well-trained, that they, um, that they know how to actually clean, that we're getting into baseboards, that we're getting into, that we're able to actually able to tell that we have cleaned up 
any kind of bio material that may be left behind in places that you wouldn't see, you know, um, mm -hmm. a floor, you know, we, yes, we've cleaned the floor, but did it get into the cracks? And so there are ways for us to be able to, to determine that, you know, we get phone calls from people who say, Hey, the smell still lingers, you know, it's still here. And, yeah. and sometimes it's like, Hey, we're going to have to, we're going to have to repaint. We're going to have to take the drywall out. We're going to have to go deeper. We're going to have to go into the mm -hmm. subfloor. And so being able to work with the homeowner to help explain that. I think the second component that's really interesting and maybe distinguishes us from other bio cleanup and, um, is, is the level of discretion and care as well. And it's really interesting because this is a business that, I mean, we love true crime, right? We all have our favorite <laughs> podcasts. We all listen to it. We're intrigued by it. Um, it's interesting. And um, there's that level of sensationalism that is out there. There's videos, there's podcasts, there's all sorts of stuff. But I think the piece that people forget about, and we hear this from our business owners all the time, is is the people element of it and the ability to be there, be supportive, whether it's a suicide cleanup and being able to get that family back in their home so that they can grieve and they can do it in a, in a private spot that they are comfortable in. Um, and so getting them back into the home. I When I started with Bio One, it was really interesting because I thought, I don't know. I don't know if this is me. And yeah. what I started to do is, is I did my due diligence. I started reading their Google reviews, right? That's kind of, we want to see what are other people saying about this company? Does this company really live up to its, ex, its, its reputation? I was amazed, one, being in a home service, how many five-star reviews they had. I mean, just off the charts. I've not, I, you don't normally see that in home services. Um, the other thing is that I saw consistently is that that the franchisee or the, the person who came out to do the clean is regularly named in the review. And that means a relationship was built. If they said, you know, Brian came out and took the time to walk me through the process, he didn't rush through it, um, or Richard and his team, I've never seen such a high level of professionalism, but delivered by such young men who worked so hard to get me back into the home. And so it, it is part of our model. It's how we answer our phone. It's how we pull up to the house. Um, you know, we we pull up to the house in, in a unmarked vehicle um, because the neighbors don't they, the neighbors don't need to know everything that's going on. And and no. this is private. And, and this is in some some instances, it's embarrassing. You know, um, people are embarrassed that um, maybe they're having to call in someone to help give them some help in maybe a, a home that's been just avid collectors, you know, and, um, and so we, we respect that. We, we want to make sure that we handle it in with discretion, with empathy, uh, and being able to just be able to help them understand, Hey, this happens every day. And this is, that's why a service like this exists. And, and so let's, let's help you out. And, um, so it is, it's very people oriented. Uh, and, and I think that's the piece that people don't talk about in this industry yeah. is the ability to really help people. And it's why our business owners do it. It's what they say regularly. Nobody says, hey, I am going to go and clean up stuff that nobody else wants to clean up. What they say is, I love being in a business that allows me to provide for my family, provide wealth and, and legacy wealth 
at the same time, I'm giving back to my community and being able to be there. It's, it's huge. Okay. So diving a little bit further into a few of the things you said, um, what are some of the tips that you give your franchisees on best practices when it comes to how you're presenting yourself publicly? Because like you said, you have to be really careful about what you say, how you market yourself. Are you marketing at all? Or are these personal relationships? It's, it's a really weird area, gray area in this industry. Right. So what's kind of your guidance there? You don't have to give away all your secret sauce, yeah. but I'm cur- curious your guidance. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, absolutely. Majority of our marketing is, is local referrals. Uh, it's, it's the relationships we've built with local, um, community members, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, pastries with the police or whether it's, um, supporting local community events, um, help everybody knows someone who is in need of a service like ours. So whether it's them or whether it's a family member or whether it's just when something happens and they say, I know exactly who to call. Um, my brother-in-law actually, it was really interesting. He called me and he said, Hey, listen, um, we've had an incident in our neighborhood and, um, who's, who do I call? Who's your, who's your local business owner here? And so with that, I was able to refer him and he said, I I'm so glad cause the police came and knocked on our door and asked if we would go and help clean up. And, and I, he said, I can't do it, but I know a company who can. And so really being able to get out there, because for so many times that we've been at, whether they're um, different community events and people say, we didn't even know a service like this exists. And so a lot of it is getting out there, educating folks on what we do. And the fact that it is it is a, a bigger clean than just your local church lady can come out and, and help out with. Uh, and, and so, so being able to, to educate them and, and it's interesting. I mean, we do, we're very tied to the community. We do a lot of, um, uh, we're involved in a lot of philanthropies and, and nonprofits and, and how do you, how do you present yourself and market yourself at a suicide prevention conference yeah. when you're the company that they call when it didn't work? Out. And so we've had a lot of opportunities to be able to say, hey, listen, we're going to sponsor. We're going to be here. We don't want a lot of visibility. Um, we're not here for the visibility. We're here to support this cause. We're a firm believer in how can we help and um, and be involved. And so whether you need extra people, whether you need um, you know, sponsorships, you know, we're happy to help. So it's, it's less, you know, it's nice to have the bio one name out there all day long. That's what we do. But um, being discreet about it. Um, but on the flip side, there are moments where we do want the bio one name out there and it is appropriate to be out there. Um, we had a business down in Florida. There was a, um, there was shooting at the local, um, uh, family dollar. And, uh, in the news, um, there is a picture of one of our bio one store, um, trucks right in front of the, the dollar general, um, taking care of that. And, and for that, I say, absolutely. It's appropriate we want people want to know that Family Dollar is or Dollar General is actually uh, using resources, using providers who are coming in and taking care of it um, mm-hmm. at a level that it needs to be handled, and and with the the expertise and the skills of a professional company. And so, again, it's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of um, training and certifications do you recommend or? encourage or require your franchisees and maybe their team who's working with them to get 
there's a lot to go. Like this is technical in nature. You talked about the depth of cleaning that this requires and also all the safety that goes along with it. You have much PPE and OSHA and all that. So go ahead. Oh. Sorry. It's a long question. It, it's amazing. It's amazing the amount of training that goes into this, um, partly because one, we don't always know the hazardous materials we're coming in contact with. So whether it's bio, um, whether it's, um, so whether it's blood or anything like that, or whether it's um, drug remediation, you know, drug remediation yeah. is a huge um, industry that unfortunately is growing and there's a big need for it. Um, so whether or not someone came in and there was an overdose, we need to make sure that, you know, if it was a fentanyl overdose, that the people who are in there cleaning up, that they're well-trained to be able to come in contact with, with um, hazardous materials like that. So they do go through quite a bit of training. Um, they come and they train in Denver with us uh, for a week. And uh, then they are also required to do OSHA training. And so with that, we have an OSHA program they are required to go through. Um, for anybody who gets into any kind of mold certifications, any kind of drug remediation, there is additional training that they are required to do. So for that, we recognize that um, in each of those different verticals, there's additional training that's required. And then, uh, and then as they train their employees, you know, obviously things like uh, PPE, things like that, uh, we're, we're very, very careful to make sure that, that they understand how to appropriately use it. Um, it's hard though. I mean, you get, you get into that suit and it's the middle of summer in South Carolina, um, and you're in the attic. Oh, it, and so yeah. with that, we also train on how to keep your team safe, how to rotate your teams, how to make sure that, um, they're getting their electrolytes refilled and that they're getting, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that they're safe. And, and when you're doing a hoarding clean and, and, you know, being able to swap out people um, and making sure that you've got that process in place. So everything from the hazardous materials to the actual physical aspect of the work, it's uh, yeah, it's a unique, it's a unique business. Yes. Can you share a unique story that stands out to you from one of your franchisees? You don't need to, you know, disclose too much about what happened or whatever that may be. I know that, again, we're a great area, but something that's memorable from one of your franchisees or, you know, a cleanup job or whatever, something that really made a Bio One franchisee stand apart. Yeah, yeah. So probably one of the most memorable um, is, um, I think everybody remembers the tragedy at um, the Mandalay Bay concert. Uh, yeah. And so Bio One was um, engaged by the FBI to come in and do that cleanup. Uh, wow. And it was, it was a big job. I mean, it was, it was big. And so one of the really unique things about Bio One is because we're a, nation, a nationwide company, we've got 130 plus locations several businesses from all over the country came in to help that local business owner and just say, Hey, how can we help put us where you need us to, you give us a section. We're just extra hands for you. It was really, really neat to see our company come together like that and to be able to support uh, that local business owner because they knew this was, this was a big deal. And, and uh, when you encounter tragedies like that, I think it's also therapeutic to be part of the solution. And, uh, and so, you know, when you see things like that, that just don't make sense to us, um, being able to be part of that cleanup process, 
um, was, it, it was, um, it was therapeutic and it was, it was a moment as a brand that we were pretty proud of. Yeah. I bet that that's a huge, uh, yeah. I can't even imagine what that was like, but yes, good to have as many people as possible who can come in and help with that. Um, I totally just lost my next question. I apologize. Okay. So you have the culture of help first. So what does that mean? What does that mean for your franchisees to live under that? What does help first really mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because when I started and again, being in franchising, my, my role here is to help build this amazing business model and Mm -hmm. help franchisees build, you know, generational wealth for them and their families. And, and so when you come in and it's like help first business second, and I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I love that. Yeah, I don't don't know. How how do I get my arms around it? And the more I learned and the more I got to know our network and understand the culture behind it, it was um, truly eye-opening for me. And it it very much encompasses who we are as a brand and who we are as as help first. We are definitely, we are a 24-7 emergency response service. So when the the ambulance come, they don't say, okay, what's your insurance? Um, can we get a copy of your insurance card first? You know, that, that they are there, they are there to help. They say they, they get to work right away. Um, police officers don't say, can you please give us your zip code so we know whether or not, you know, we're going to count. That, that just doesn't happen. It's, yeah. hey, we're gonna come, we're gonna help, and we're gonna, and then we'll sort out the rest later. Very much a similar, similar response. And so for that, it's let's get out there. Let's see what we can do. Let's talk to the family. Let's figure out how do we help them? And it's really interesting. A franchisee shared with me, um, he, um, he, he embraces help first. Um, He, he had um, a suicide happen in his family. And Mm -hmm. with that, he made the decision that he was going to, take that life insurance money and he was going to put that to good. And so anytime he comes across for some reason and uh, someone who maybe their homeowner's insurance policy doesn't cover that, um, or maybe there's some concern about whether they can pay for it. He says, nobody should ever have to pay. No one should ever have to clean this themselves. And so for that, he, he covers it. And then when people do pay, then he puts that back into the fund. And so for him, that's what help first means. He says, listen, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that you can get back into your home. You, you, what you're going through, nobody should have to, the the concept of you having to clean up after should not be yours. And so when you, when you see it, sometimes maybe it's a little bit more personal for, for some of our, our business owners, others look at it and they say, Hey, um, we're going to come, we're going to help out. We're going to take care of you. We'll figure out the other piece. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll go through, we'll fit, work with your insurance carrier. Um, we have someone on staff. That's what they do. They work with insurance carriers. They know, they know what, you know, to bill out. They know how the process works. Um, and so that allows the local franchisee to be able to be that boots on the ground, be able to have that relationship with the, with the customer. Perfect. Okay, kind of coming full circle. You were ta- you talked about at the very beginning how you know this love this type of franchising isn't really or this industry isn't really what anybody thinks of. I'm going to find a new career. I'm going to go into restoration or specifically biohazard and trauma scene, crime scene cleanup. But what advice would you give to people who are maybe looking 
for something new. I, I find a lot of people in the world today are looking for a deeper meaning in what they do. And that can be hard to find in today's world. So what advice would you give people, especially women maybe who are looking for something new and willing to think outside the box? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, there are a couple things. One is, um, business ownership is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I think, um, and, and when I look at my businesses that have been successful or continue to grow and be successful, there are a couple things that they do. One is um, anybody who who loves to, you know, people say franchising is all about a bunch of entrepreneurs and things, and, and it really isn't. It's about people who want to come in, follow a system, follow a model, put in some really hard work, have a sales and marketing mindset. Those are the people who do it really well. The people who are entrepreneurs, they want to recreate the wheel. They want to, they, they say, oh, I think they're, I don't know why you do it this way. I want to try and do it this way. Or, hey, I took a, a college course in, in marketing. And so I think I know how to do it. And I say, we've already done the work. We've already tested it. We've already proven it. Adopt this. It's going to work. And so when you get business owners who are like that and they say, just give me the manual, <laughs> give me the manual, um, give me the training, uh, and then I'll put in the sweat equity, I'll put in, I'll roll up my sleeves, I'll get to work, I'll invest in the marketing, um, I'm gonna motivate a team. Uh, that's where we see great success. And so I tell people, you don't have to be, you don't have to be this entrepreneur. I mean, you, it, it, being in business for yourself is awesome. Uh, I think one of the biggest advantages of franchising versus individual ownership and, and partly why I love this, this model so much is the fact that you get to be your own boss, but you also get the benefit of 130 other franchisees who have gone through the same thing or are going through the same thing as you are. So when you have to make that phone call of remind me again why I got into this or Oh, I just came across this. Anybody come else come across this? What did you guys do? Or hey, does anybody have a sample template for this? And and so being able to have that that resource, but then again, having someone who says, um, hey, we just hit an all time high this week, and having just a whole crowd of people there saying you're awesome, mm -hmm. that is so cool for you, um, and celebrating. We know how much work you put into it. It's it's really quite rewarding. It's yes, fun. I Okay. Well, um, okay. Danessa, anything else that you want to talk about? Anything that we haven't touched on? Anything else that you want to share? You know, I, as, as I look at um, this industry, I think it's, it's a growing industry. I think there's unfortunately going to be a continued big, big need for this. And so, you know, I, I think from, from our standpoint, we, we look at this, um, we're having a blast doing what we're doing. We're continuing to grow and, and dominate the market. And if you're interested, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and and whether you're male or female, a first responder or former military or or an entrepreneur, um, we're happy to, to have that conversation. Perfect. Well, thank you, Danessa, for joining me. For those who are listening or watching, be sure to check out her article in the latest issue of CNR. And Danessa, thank you very much. I look forward to maybe crossing paths with you. I've crossed paths with some of your other team members at shows and stuff like that. So maybe I'll cross paths with you someday in person. I'd love to meet you in person. Love to. Have a good one. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.